you try doing it by your flesh. You try doing it by resolutions, laws. There's only one way you can defeat sin. It's by the man who came from God, who died, who rose, who the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, who the Holy Spirit glorifies. You need the one who calms the storm. All of the stories we tell hinge at that gospel. It's about him. He did it. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast, and I am so glad that you're here. On the show today, I have a gentleman named Ben Virgo, and let me read you just a little bit about him and what he does. You're going to be fascinated by our discussion today. I just know it. I can't even wait. I'm just like sitting here in my seat. I've got Rico in my lap, and I'm just like chomping at the bit here to get going and to dive into to some of what he does in his life. And so as he's going to share his ministry with you, with all my listeners, I just can't wait for that. But Ben is the director of Christian Heritage London, which is an organization devoted to telling the stories of how the gospel has changed the world in London, how it continues to change the world in London, and that it might change the world again. He gives tours through London, the British Museum, and he hosts the Christian Heritage London podcast. And I'm going to put all these links in the show notes for you so that you can get in touch with him and kind of figure out or find out a little bit more about him. He also runs the George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, and William Wilberforce Twitter pages, and he's a speaker as well. He lives in the projects in East London. Now, I know what I think of when I when I say projects, but maybe you can talk about that in a minute here as well, if you don't mind. But this is where he's planting a church among Bangladeshi Muslims with his family. So, oh my goodness, is your head spinning now? But thank you so much for coming in and welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. Oh, it's a, it's a delight to be with you, Victoria. So good. You know, I just interviewed a gentleman who is the, he is a soccer coach at Pepperdine University, but he's also from England. And so I actually practiced my British accent with him. And I don't know that I will grace you with that today. Then my, my listeners are probably like, Victoria, please don't, don't embarrass us. But anyway, I, I want to also share something else that you wrote as you and I were communicating and which is just fascinating to me. And this is what, what you say. You say, all over the world, when people are looking for an example for how the gospel can change the world, they start talking about London because they start talking about Wilberforce, Spurgeon, Whitfield, Elizabeth Fry, John Newton, people who have inspired generations of Christians. If the gospel is true, if it really is the case that God has lived with people and has given his life to save them, then that will have changed history. 
The extraordinary news is that it has, incredibly, undeniably, and beautifully. And you would love to tell some stories about what God has done in London based on some of the wonderful stories that you get to tell your guests all over the world. Like when they come on your tours is what I'm assuming here. Each one of the heroes that, that you talk about was a simple believer and none of them thought that they were heroes. In fact, each of them had their own heroes who they looked back at. The great news is that history hasn't finished. There are ordinary people who now are being inspired by these stories, and they are being inspired to live for the same living Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we could end this show right there because that is so beautifully written. I love that. I love how you articulated that. But where can we start now? What 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 can you share? I don't even care where we start. Just tell us something about what you're so passionate about and why history is so important and why we need to think about these things and consider these things and what difference does it really make? So anywhere, all of the above, yeah, yeah. yay. <laughs> well, the delightful thing of Victoria is when someone becomes a Christian, it isn't about them it's about Christ. When Amen. Paul writes Romans, the first thing he says, I, I want to talk to you about the gospel, which is concerning Christ, Jesus, who was descended from David, who was raised from the dead, and through whom we bring we preach the gospel that it might bring about the obedience of faith. So Paul is absolutely preoccupied with Jesus. And when he starts his epistles, he always starts with praise. Praise be to the God and Father. He's always praising. He's just astonished at this great and wonderful gospel. And the people about whom we tell the stories in London, you find again and again and again and again and again that they themselves were simply astonished at the grace of God. And they themselves don't think very much of themselves. But what you do find is consistently, if you read their lives, if you read the private letters, if you read their journals, you think, hang on, this is like my journals because it's, I feel like I should be further on. I feel like I, I, I don't know why he still puts up with me. But mm -hmm. this is a, his love. I find I just read something in the Bible this morning and it just reminded me he loves me. In fact, Victoria, if you read the biographies of some of these great heroes, it's quite clear that the people who wrote the biographies, they don't get it. They're, they're astonished themselves. They say, for example, the people who've written great biographies of William Wilberforce, the man who abolished the slave trade, which set forth, set free 800,000 slaves if you the people who wrote his biographies they expect he's going to be some sort of a, a mastermind a genius organizer but when you read his own diaries you find oh my goodness he's he's struggling with the same things we are he feels discouraged he feels disappointed plus you read his letters and you find he's always late he's hilarious fun he's totally spontaneous he's chaotically disorganized and he changed the world so what happened how does this work Jesus tells us, if you want to bear fruit, abide in me. And if you read his journals, and they have just published his journals, literally in the last six months, Michael McMullen edited the new version, the, the first time his unpublished spiritual journals have been published, you find page after page after page of a man who just looks like us. He's, he's wrestling with the truth. He's 
resolving today, I'm going to stand and feel it, feeling like he, oh, I wish I'd done better, but I must stand on Christ. I must stand on Christ. And he changed the world. That's an encouragement to us, Victoria. None of these heroes, none of these heroes got it all right. None of these heroes were superheroes. They just knew there was a man who was God, who lived here, who died, and it worked. He rose again. And that was their hope. And it changed history. That is such a remarkably encouraging word for me, and I'm sure for our listeners. What a wonderful reminder. Too often, for me personally, I think I have to be at this level, or sometimes I may engage a thought like, Victoria, who are you to do a podcast? Or, you know, you just snapped at the lady at the local grocery store. You don't measure up. I mean, I can begin to even tell myself those kinds of things when really, and, and I can compare myself to others. And often when I compare yeah. myself to others, they always look better and they're always Amen. doing better and they look perfect mm. and they've got their, right. you know, their kids have their hair just down, just right. And Sally's got a pretty bow on and, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm telling my kids, I don't care if you have your shoes on or not get out that we're going out the door. And just that disparity between maybe what I want to be or how polished I would like to be, but really then how authentically and transparently I am. Thank goodness that we serve a God who is perfect, but that we don't have to. And just the reminder that these greats, these, these heroes, we think of as heroes, these greats, they had their weaknesses too. They may have had their doubts and they wrestled. And, and I love that you, that you bring us to that. I am today. Can I order that Wilberforce's journals through? Can I get that? Like on yeah, Amazon? It's just gonna, I tell you, I, um, amazingly enough, Michael McMullen, who put it out, asked me if I'd like to put a recommendation, which is an amazing honor to me. Wow. But uh, it leaked. It's it's the un, previously unpublished spiritual journals of William Wilberforce and uh, Eric Metaxas says it's an inestimable treasure. I say it's one of the most important books to have come out in the last 10 years, because this man that just to come back to Wilberforce there, here is a man who firstly, he does not make his money from the church. OK, he doesn't. It isn't his job to be a Christian. Hmm. And yet he's he's feeding on Jesus. And you have to say, well, the, the fact is everyone who knew him they could see he's always humming a hymn of praise he's always mm. worshiping and he say and he brought about world change he ended i mean the, the the numbers you're talking about the economic impact of the end of the slave trade i mean you're talking about something like you know making electricity illegal or something it was that unlikely that they're going to actually abolish or how about this it'd be like a abolishing abortion right. imagine that right. and here's a guy saying here's a guy saying i know it's impossible but i know someone for whom impossible is possible and he just feeds on him he feeds on him say it's a blessing it's a blessing but the other thing is on that same a similar theme there victoria you're immediately reminding me of uh, john wesley there you see john wesley because you're talking there about something which all christians feel we all feel <laughs> we all feel like uh, am I real? Am I? Am I? Am mm -hmm. I? Am I the real thing? I, I I see these others. They're doing better than me. Well, John Wesley, you see, he's an Oxford academic who tried to become a missionary. He had a terrible time. He went to America. 
He went to Savannah, Georgia, and of course he started preaching the law. He kept, he started preaching, try harder, try harder, try harder. He was one of those guys who, and I'm sure you've, you've, you and I, we've both, I'm just both, everyone who's listening to this will know people like this, who they themselves aren't actually trying harder, but they're trying to make themselves try harder by telling everyone else to do it. Yes. It makes them, it, if I put pressure on you, then I must do it. And it's just that I'm, I'm just doing all I can just to try and force mm. myself forward. Well, he was that guy. He's like, you guys try harder. And then I must, <laughs> I must. But this is, guess what happened? Of course, the, it didn't work because the law, that's what it, the law condemns. Mm. It does not give life. Paul tells us that. Uh, Paul calls the law the ministry of death. You know, uh, it, it shows you how desperately you need to be saved. And Wesley was preaching, try harder, try. It's amazing he lasted two years before he got completely shown up. Uh, he got uh, disappointed, disillusioned, comes back to England, 24th of May, 1738. He's, he's in the city of London, right? I go on the walk and uh, he says, I went to St. Paul's Cathedral to Evensong. And then he says, in the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where someone was reading Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. About quarter to nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. Mm. And an assurance was given me that he'd taken away my sins, even mine, mm. and saved me from the law of sin and death now he he, you see, he had understood the gospel is not instructions the gospel is an announcement it's finished he did it but did it work yeah he was raised it worked now when wesley understood that was the gospel he started to preach that they think he preached it about <laughs> forty thousand times um, oh my goodness he dies in 1791 in fact he dies uh what is it he, he dies the second of march so that's tomorrow after the day mm -hmm. we're recording this uh in uh 1791 and uh by the time he died he was considered the most loved man in england but um interestingly enough victoria at the time he died of course in france they were having the industrial revolution mm -hmm. uh, tens of thousands were massacred the rich mm. then the people who knew the rich and then the people who just anyone who got in the way uh, for decades france was just considered to be anarchy mm -hmm. now secular historians non-christian historians say the reason we didn't have a revolution in england at that time is because john wesley changed the nation now that is significant because what was it that changed the nation well john wesley just tried it a little bit harder no, it isn't, because he, he, he got the best technique. No, it isn't. He understood someone tried perfectly, mm. and he gave his life. He took the blame, and he rose. That gospel, secular historians say, changed history. See, that mm. gospel. Now, you try, you try fixing yourself. You can't. You need a Christ. You need a Christ who has died and has risen. And that's what all these stories, as they all hinge on that. They all hinge on that, where it's Wesley or Wilberforce or, or the slave trader, John Newton, a horrible, horrible man. Or 
aristocrats like Lord Shaftesbury, who brought about free education and the end of child slavery. And, and they all hinge at Christ. They all hinge at Christ. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, who are you, Ben Virgo? You're amazing. And the way you tie all of this in together, I'm like, tell me more stories. I can see why our mutual friend, Christina Stanton, said, Victoria, I have a podcast guest for you. And she took your tour and she said in her own words that this, the tour that you offered, and I'm not sure how long it was, I don't even know what what she toured her group but she said it was the highlight of their entire mission trip and that I guess she was so inspired I can see that so easily now and I, I just keep thinking tell us more stories because I'm not exactly like that you 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 are the historian extraordinaire I don't doubt that at all and you know your craft you loved your craft and you you share that with so many and you get to tell these things over and over again but but what I just want to say keep telling stories or yeah. how you know and I also want to know in a moment a little bit more about you personally and even your family but can you tell us a few more of these other great stories, even Spurgeon? Sure. And I would love to know yeah. what, what it is they learned and, and how they did, how they were these big changers. I know yeah. their names and I know of them. And of course I know that, but, but mm. tell us some of these other details. I'm loving yeah. this. Yeah. Well, this is the, the, the question you're asking there. It's it, the irony is and the interesting thing is Victoria is that, this isn't something strange. It isn't something strange that stories should inspire us. Think about the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's not a textbook. It's a book full of stories. And we learn, we learn what God is like by the way he treated kings and princes. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yes. And judges. And if you go, I, the other thing I, one of the other things I do is I give tours through the British Museum. And when you get to the Egyptian pharaohs, their statues, they all look the same because each one of them was, they were just considered to be perfect. I don't know if you've seen footage of VJ Day when the uh, Japanese emperor spoke to the nation uh, and there is, there is video footage of the Japanese people all on their knees and on their faces as they hear the voice of the emperor. There was this idea that the, the king was perfect. He is the perfect example of all that is perfect. The Bible gives us kings who are fallible, who are human, who are weak. And uh, we see different personalities. We see Hezekiahs, we see Ahabs, mm. we see Solomons and so on. And as I go through the British Museum, we see in the British Museum is the only image of one of the kings of Israel. And we delight to tell the stories of what uh, God did through these people. It is an awesome thing that you, you can jump on a bus in London and go to a museum where you have bowls that were held very likely by Nehemiah where you see the handwriting of a Bible character and where you mm. see awesome vindications from of the Bible. And the British Museum has this little plaque next to them saying, this is Jehu, who is named in the Bible, 1 Kings 9 to 10. And it's not saying maybe. It's that no, that's that's yeah. <laughs> and, which is which is fascinating because you know at the moment people say, well, the Bible's been changed. And you say, oh, mm. tell me about your research. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like you talk about uh, we we're planting a church here among uh, muslims and they are just certain oh the bible's been changed because they've been told that and you just you can look at them and say just tell me about your research they don't know right, they don't right. Know. 
and they'll and it's similar you know your average college kid tell me about your research oh I, I, my favorite comedian says it's been changed you know well let me take you to the british museum and show you the british museum says this is the guy who's in the bible okay can we talk now can we talk now that's uh, it, the fact is god does give us stories and we're all interested in stories mm -hmm. if you ask any of your friends this weekend what are you going to do or what did you do last weekend they will say book film or play we're mm -hmm. all we all have to see stories we we want to see how things going to develop how's the narrative going to turn how's it going to mm -hmm. resolve and god gives us a book full of these but the the shocking thing for us now victoria is of course uh, most of us uh, i'm probably a little older than you but um you uh, there have been generations of christians who have been inspired by wilberforce and spurgeon mm -hmm. and whitfield and tyndale and wickliffe and the trouble is that we're now in a generation with young people who've never heard of them. Can you imagine? Mm. And I even picked up a, a history book of, of Westminster recently. And uh, I looked I immediately looked in the, in the index for Wilberforce. You think Wilberforce, one of the most important people ever to have lived in Westminster. He's mentioned once. Wow. And it says, and you look up what it says and it says, oh, Wilberforce, the abolitionist. You think, as if that was some little thing abolishing the slave trade you know mm. so it, it, they, these people they are they're not remembered and you get politically correct history is really a big deal in this country and um uh, and so no one's telling the stories but by the time you finish one of our walks and tours in in london you kind of arrive feeling like you're part of our little religion at the end of it you're saying hang on our guys changed the world <laughs> the fact That's right. that we have it's exciting <laughs> yeah we've got the fact that there are hospitals universities free schooling stability integrity in business all kinds of breakthroughs reformation mm. revival countless works among the poor the things which everyone says everyone in the west at least says are good things where do they come from they don't come out of nice people they come this is how they come jesus said a woman took yeast and she put it into the into the flour until the dough was leavened and there have been leavenings there have been leavenings by people who said look i see how the world is right i know the one who runs it i know the one who in whom we live move and have our being i don't think he likes it like this and when the whole world says no i'm gonna say yes to him i'm gonna say yes to him those are the people we love to tell the stories of uh, one person i'll tell you just quickly specifically um things you asked uh, there is a church there is a space in the city of london where there used to be a church building um and uh i love to take my groups in there you see along the road from that uh, space used to live one of the world's one of the greatest minds in the history of christianity he used to live along the road <laughs> in 1624 he was living in london now he had already been an oxford academic but he had made a stand and he said no i'm, I'm not going to stay here in oxford because the guy who's running things is so off he's so wrong and uh, so he made a stand. he left oxford on on a on a matter of principle comes to london but this is what happened victoria that young man in his 20s he started to feel uncertain of his own salvation he started to feel like i don't know i'm not tasting and seeing the lord is good and i have felt encouraged in the past i don't feel encouraged and I, and he was getting himself all tied up in theological knots and the devil loves that oh yeah let me pull on that the devil loves that
And this guy got all confused. He ended up traveling from church to church, just trying to hear someone who would encourage his heart, someone who would preach and encourage him. Well, one day in 1624, he arrived in that church and uh, he'd gone to hear a famous preacher called Edmund Calamy. And then having when he sat down, the announcement was given, Edmund Calamy can't come. At, what, at which point we're told most people left. <laughs> but um, it says of this young man, he did not leave. It says he was well seated, <laughs> which probably means he's just... He couldn't be bothered. He wasn't in a good place. So he stayed. We're told after a while, an unknown preacher climbed into the pulpit, a countryside preacher, and he, he prayed fervently. And then he read from Matthew 8, verse 26. Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Mm. And he preached a sermon which said, Look, it's not about how big your faith is. It's not about how much you feel your faith. It's not about how consistent your faith is. It's about the one you have faith in. Mm -hmm. you see? you see, the man who said, the man who said those words, why are you afraid? Are oh, you of little faith? You remember his next words were to a storm, which he said, shush and it did you see it's this young man he counted his conversion from that day he said that's the day i got it and he would go on to write 24 volumes of works which all hinged at that truth his name was john owen and he is considered to be one of the greatest theologians in the history of the world and he would say he would say things like, you know, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Mm. But you try doing it by your flesh. You try doing it by resolutions, laws. There's only one way you can defeat sin. It's by the man who came from God, who died, who rose, who the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, who the Holy Spirit glorifies. You need the one who calms the storm. All of the stories we tell hinge at that gospel. It's about him. He did it. He did it. Mm. The fact is, Victoria, we're told at the end, around the throne, there are elders. There are elders. Isn't that an amazing thing that God should have people around his throne? He doesn't need to do that. But that's kind of like what he's like. But we're also told what they do. They throw their crowns down. And they say, mm. worthy is the lamb who was slain. Yeah. All mm. these heroes. There's no technique. There's Jesus Christ. But the good news is he did come. He did take the blame and he did rise. We have good news. Now, all mm. the stories hinge at that. Just beautiful. I, I'm so impacted by how you're sharing this and the very words and how you're 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 connecting the dots in a way that is just so powerful to us who, you know, I always say that being a Christian is such a privilege and the thought that we have the spirit within us is just boggles my mind. The thought that we have the mind of Christ, what does that even mean? I think, and that God so intervenes in our lives is 
a phenomenon that is just spectacular that he came down and entered in and that we are offered this 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 wonderful gift and it and how you're in your it's just the words that you're sharing and the and these stories are are inspiring and they're just kind of revving up the engines of my heart and I'm just I'm just feeling like so validated in a way sometimes I don't necessarily feel feel validated in my Christian faith it doesn't hold me back and I still want to share and I still want to proclaim this good news because I think we all should and we all can we can all be contributors to the kingdom and advance this good news that we have and we want others to have this and to picture this and we want to share this but I love how it's, it's so, I find it so motivating. I kind of feel like I'm just on cloud nine a little bit. And, but I, I want to know also personally, have you been ever, what, where was your turning point? If you, if you don't mind sharing your, your mm-hmm. own faith, your own conversion experience, or where did you, where did you turn in your life? Yeah. Uh, I myself was, uh, uh, I, when I was 15, I nearly, I nearly died. I had a serious illness, uh, lung illness. And um, I, uh, they gave me an operation and the anesthetic didn't work. And I remember on, the, on the, this operating thing, crying out to God, help me, help me. See? And it was very, 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 very unpleasantly painful, you know. Um, sort of agonizing and I'm sensing you know God's not helping me and uh, I use that as an excuse to go to sort of rebel uh, and I'd sit there in church and see people kind of worshiping and I would kind of use that as yeah but you don't know what I had to go through and um, I then uh, I was in bands at the time uh, I was in a couple of bands and I, um, I I kind of hoped that that would be my route through for life that I'd become a musician and do well. Um, uh, have you heard of a man called John Wimber? Does that name you know, John Wimber? Mm, he, no. he's, he started a group of churches called the Vineyard Churches. Oh, okay. Now, right. So he knew my dad. Now, John Wimber has died now, but he said to my dad, he said, how's Ben? And my dad said, not good. And mm. he said, uh, Does, is Ben interested in music? And my dad said, he's only interested in music. He says, I, John Wimber said, I, I think the Lord would have him come over to America because we have to we have a really good rock band in our church and they, he could travel with them. Would he like to go on tour with them? So I um, was invited. My dad comes home and says, would you like to tour America with a Christian rock band? And I'm kind of hearing, would you like to tour America with a rock band? You know? <laughs> which, oh, no. which, you know, when you're a teenage guy, you know, wanting to play in bands and someone says do you want to tour America with a rock band it's like a movie you know yeah, it's like of I, course I was, this yeah I was working in a hamburger place but um I went over and uh, I was just helping them carry stuff I was literally traveling they were outstanding musicians really really good musicians but this is what happened Victoria night by night the singer would just start to talk about Jesus and the cross now mm. one of the things you would say would be He'd say, look, when you see a picture of Jesus on a cross, he always looks like he's fallen asleep. But uh, it wasn't like that. It says in the Bible, his face was marred more than any man. His Mm. form 
beyond human likeness, like one from whom men hide their faces. He would describe this horror. Now, of course, the Bible doesn't give us the horror. And you can tell why, Victoria, because the people who wrote the Bible and the people to whom it was written, they'd seen it. I heard of some British soldiers who were involved in some action in one of the recent conflicts in the Middle East. And they talked about a horrifying situation where a truck was bombed and some soldiers came out on fire and all their instincts said, how can we help these people? But no, they had to shoot them. They were the enemy. This is what the, this is what the soldier said. He said, none of those soldiers' marriages survived. I think that the reason the Bible does not talk about the horror of the cross is because they had all seen the horror of the cross. But Jesus was marred more than any man. Now, hearing this preached, well, it wasn't really preached, the guy was just talking about Jesus, really. Mm -hmm. But hearing that night by night, I started to think, well, if he did that, that's enough for me. That's comprehensive. And that was obviously meant to be comprehensive, that someone who is Jesus should take that blame that that must have worked that must be enough now the guys in the band they also lived like that was enough they were not self-righteous mm. they lived like he's my righteousness and all they wanted to do was tell people about him so it was i thought after so after a month of being with these guys i came forward and that was the beginning of my um, that was my whole thing interestingly enough victoria when i then came back to england uh, all i knew was the cross i knew nothing else but it was interesting because my dad then said, oh, you should read Martin Luther. You should read Spurgeon. You should read Lloyd-Jones. You should." Read. And he pointed me to good people. And this is the interesting thing, Victoria. I noticed all those, all those guys were saying was, you should know the cross. You should know the cross. You don't go on from the cross. You come back to the cross. That's Spurgeon. That's Luther. That's all these guys. So when I'm interested in church history, it's not an add-on. This is just the natural flowering. These are some other people who have seen the gospel. That's all it is. And if you ask most pastors, what do, what do you think about church history? They won't tell you, oh, yeah, they used to wear funny clothes back then. They, they used to eat different food. No, they will tell you, oh, yeah, that guy, he really got the gospel. And that's mm -hmm. why I love him. You know, I couldn't care less whether or not he had a beard or what he did for this. Right. You know, I, what I could tell you is that guy, he, he saw the gospel. That's why I named my child after him. That's why I read him. That's why I love him. So that's uh, that was my little story. That's my attachment to the to the church history. Love it. Just love it. Thank you for sharing that. And so now just transport us to the here and now. And you're planting a church, your family, you said you and your family. And so how did you what fill in the gap between then and then now? Uh, the uh, I'll do it quickly. OK, <laughs> uh, my uh, my. Uh, um, my darling wife married me in 95 um, and uh, we moved to London immediately. Um, that was the first time we'd lived in the same town. Imagine that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we lived in London. It's, it, we've pretty much lived in London ever since. And we are on what, what in England is called a housing estate. But okay. uh, I, I once spoke to an American lady who said, an estate? Yeah, that's was what that I think. inherited? Yeah. <laughs> she's, thinking, she's thinking Downton Abbey or something. Right. But it was actually, um, it's, it's government housing. We live in government okay. housing. And the people around us are um, very, everywhere. Essentially, the, our children have been to the school on the estate. Usually they are the non-Muslim 
kid in each class mm. there. And the kids around us are all, the families around us. My, my neighbors don't speak English. They speak Bangladeshi. And and they have no interest in learning it. You know, it's very, it, that's the kind of, the, the nature of thing. But tr so trying to reach them is what we're trying to do. And we're finding, one thing, our little, little connection to the church history, what you find is the people who have made an impact, you find they were faithful with the small things. They were faithful with the small things. If you read their letters, if you read their journals and so on. And we're just trying to serve the people around us. My wife is running a life skills course, talking to the local Muslim ladies. And um, I'm sorry to have to say that you start, when she's getting closer to them, she starts finding out some of the nasty stuff that's going on behind, you know, that behind what looks like very respectable closed doors. Uh, and you start finding Islam doesn't introduce you to Jesus, you see. And mm. rivers of living water only come from Jesus. And so these people, are, the Muslims around us are often nice. They are respectable and they are they're friendly and they've got their lives in order, it seems. But they, they're not drinking from living water. And consequently, you don't find some of the fruit that comes from it is pretty, pretty nasty. So we're trying to reach them. Uh, we've been here for 12 years. Um, and we are still meeting in our home. The people who join us, we have had no Muslims converted. We regularly have them in our home through our life skills course and through developing friendships. I think it's a very important thing to live among people you're trying to reach. And when you see the Bible model is the local church, there's a reason. The people around you, your neighbors, you know, Jesus talks a lot about your neighbors. And um, so, yeah, we're trying to reach these people around us. And I think, uh, Victoria, some of your people will be listening. And I think, Victoria, I think you yourself will have known some of these variables. There's a significant element in when your children see that you really mean it, it helps them to respect you. And I just want to just sow that little seed. Our children, we have had seven children. Our first son died when he was a baby um, and uh, my wife lost her hair and it hasn't grown mm -hmm. back 23 years later but we have mm -hmm. we have uh, six children and they they've the first three were baptized quite recently my eldest is doing a degree in theology my second works for a church my third wants to do theology they see we mean it i just want to sow that seed um we haven't seen a lot of fruit but we they see that their parents they enjoy jesus and um, and that we that's what we want and, and I just, I, I know, I, I don't know what the Lord's going to do. I don't know if they're going to hold on forever. I pray daily that they will. But I think that there's something in that, Victoria, that they, they, they're seeing that we mean it. And that, that's kind of holding them. So they're part of it. They bring their children. Uh, sorry, they bring their children. They bring their friends to, to church. And, uh, and our children have to deal with all the craziness that's going on at the moment, which I don't need to tell you about with all the, all the yes. PC stuff and so on. Well, I love that you mentioned, Ben, that you may not have you may not be seeing the the fruit at the moment but what that tells me or how that translates in my mind is that you've really released the outcome to god and you are faithful you and your family are faithful as parents as christians you are faithful in the little things releasing the outcome and the impact even the influences whatever 
may come as a result of your faithfulness. You've released that to God and there's freedom there because I think too often we want to see those results. We want to see that fruit. And sometimes God blesses us with that. And we do see that. Certainly you've seen the influence in the lives of your children as they've witnessed you and your wife living in a real way and being changed by the impact of Christ in your lives. They've seen that up close and personal. So yes, there is actually fruit there, of course, but but in a broader sense, I guess, you, you're, you're just going to keep on. Do, do I have this right? You're just going to keep on doing what God has called you to do and allow him to do the finishing touches here. You may or may not see that in your lifetime even, but it doesn't rob your joy in the meantime. Do I have that right? Mm. There's so, much, so many elements of that are true. I do feel um, there's, a, there's also a danger, Victoria, and it's this, mm. uh, that there is a danger in the evangelical scene to say, oh, well, God's going to might do it. He might not, but I don't need to do anything. Mm. There can be a danger just to sit and wait. No, I didn't work and not bother and kind of hide behind. Oh, well, the Lord. No, there's the challenge. Firstly, the Lord does refresh us like we're even though we're in a desert, the Lord keeps us refreshed that he is mm -hmm. very sweet and kind in that. Um, but the challenge for us is to keep pushing, to keep pushing. And we're so grateful for believing friends, even though we don't have many in our church plant, we have very friend, very dear and sweet friends in churches around us who encourage us, who I meet with and pray and so on. And, um, and it's a funny thing, Victoria, because our church is so minutely small, but I'm meeting people from all around the world all the time. And, uh, and uh, and so uh, it's a funny thing isn't it you know so funny trying to get the, the gospel across to people around us but i'm preaching the impact of the gospel to hundreds and thousands of people throughout the day in my work i think there's something good about that though i think it's a it's a good thing that we're we're trying to live what, what i'm preaching amen and how can my listeners reach you because yes we are coming to take your tour you can count on that but where do we go how do we connect with you in the meantime christian heritage london is the organization christian heritage london if you go to christianheritagelondon.org or at facebook christian heritage london uh, i i'm often putting up little quotes from church history or from please if you're not on twitter do not go on twitter but if you are on twitter find <laughs> us on on twitter it, twitter is not nice it's not a nice place but if you are there already come and follow us at we called uh, at remember london remember london oh, okay. christian heritage london and um yeah but mostly just uh, facebook really safe is safe is facebook is a little less kind of furious <laughs> <laughs> okay well i couldn't thank you enough ben for just coming on here and for being such a shining light and you have it just in this last half hour i have felt so energized and so refreshed and so grateful that there are other individuals on this earth who are bold in their faith and who are unapologetic about their faith and who live their faith and to me, that is extraordinary. And I know you wouldn't want me to call you a hero for crying out loud. I don't really even know you, but your behavior seems heroic to me and commendable. 
and I feel grateful and, and um, just, I sense your passion and it transfers, it, it flows. I, I feel it kind of, uh, it's contagious, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. And I, like I yeah, and I thank you that, that you are a, a, a source of, of light and the salt of Christ and that you are pushing forward and that you're not relenting and that you take the calling upon your life so seriously that you're not, when I say release the outcome, you're not nonchalant about that. You're going to be still with that bulldog uh, notion. You're going to nose to the ground. You're not stopping. You're going to keep going and you find the refreshment there and the joy there in that journey. And it's such an honor to have had you on the show today and to, to give a little bit of a glimpse of why history matters and a little bit of a, of a peek inside to the lives of some of these so-called greats who indeed were greats, but yet who were also humans. And, but yet they just sought Christ and, Amen. and, followed him in in a way that really impacted so many others so do you have any other concluding thoughts or anything you would like to share before we close out the bible says remember those who went before you hmm. consider the outcome of the way of life and it says imitate their faith and the next verse says the reason why jesus christ is the same yesterday and today and forever and we think, hang on, no, he's not the same in me trying to get a deal on this thing in the shop and get parking space. No, those are the things. Those are your life. Jesus Christ cares. He likes you. He's interested. Draw near to him. Draw near to him. That's his invitation. He doesn't, he hasn't come so that you can have some new rules. He's come that you might have life. And it's his life, life to the full. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben. Bless you, Victoria. It's been wonderful to have this time with you. Yes, this is just awesome. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.